is Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately pumping. Begins look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated pumping. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see you at Full House and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is a huge football club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing. So really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out, that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. 46 and out for Pompey, whose 2021-2022 League One season ends in defeat. Windass on the near post, it's headed in. Sheffield Wednesday go 4-1 up and it's Fires who finds the back of the net. And it's in the end, unfortunately, a miserable end for Porter's campaign. Playoff hopefuls Sheffield Wednesday secured their place in the top six on the final day with a 4-1 win over the Blues at Hillsborough on Saturday. And after the full-time whistle that confirmed the gloomy conclusion to Pompey's campaign, Danny Cowley revealed where he thought it all went wrong for his side in the game. So we had four or five clear-cut chances today when you come to Sheffield Wednesday in front of a packed-out stadium, then you have to take those chances when they come. We didn't, and ultimately we considered three from set pieces. And when you do those two things, you don't win football matches. You join us here on Express FM tonight for the penultimate football hour of the season. So sit tight and enjoy the show. Myself, Jake Smith, alongside Sam Stone and Tom Chappell are here to see you through until 7 o'clock. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome to the show, which is brought to you by Stagecoach South, getting you through Hampshire and across the South Coast with a minimum of fuss, all at a low price too. Coming up here on the Football Hour before seven, I've got two more Pompey fans here to help analyse Saturday's loss to the Owls, as well as to review the season in a bit more detail too, now that we have finally closed the curtain on it. We'll also hear the post-match thoughts of head coach Danny Cowley, and as always, Blues fans, we're eager to hear what you've got to say tonight as well. This evening we'd like to know who your player of the season award goes to what your favorite goal of the season was and how you would describe the last nine months in just one word 81400 is the number to text start your messages with the word express you can email pompey at expressfm.com use at expressfm on twitter or find us over at facebook.com forward slash pompey live so on saturday afternoon over 2500 blues fans made the long trip up to hillsborough home of sheffield wednesday for Pompey's 46th and final league game of the season. Danny Cowley named an unchanged 11 from the team that started in the Blues 3-2 victory over Wigan Athletic at Fratton Park in midweek. Ian Wilding and former Pompey striker and manager Guy Whittingham were your commentary team up in South Yorkshire. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot and 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He this is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. The final match of the season. So as we get this match underway now, and it's headed out of play for a throw for Sheffield Wednesday. Here comes Ogilvy. Feeds it through up towards Curtis. Can Curtis keep it in play? He just about can. It comes back. Oh, and it's in! It's that man. It had to be George Hurst. You just knew it, didn't you? Taps it in. Good play from Curtis to keep the ball in play. And the man dad was a hero at Wednesday has scored against his boyhood club it's Sheffield Wednesday nil Portsmouth 1 now here comes Gregory for Sheffield Wednesday 10 yards outside the box it's 3 against 5 here it's out towards the left to Johnson Johnson across there to goal Wednesday have got the equaliser Gregory with the finish and all of a sudden it's all square good football Portsmouth just fought at the back there for Wednesday but all of a sudden it's Sheffield Wednesday 1 Portsmouth 1 up towards Hutchinson comes back to Bannon who's just going to chip it towards the edge of the 6 yard box over he can't get it away Berahino might pick up the pieces he's going to finish for Sheffield Wednesday and they've come from a goal down to lead by 2 goals to 1 it's Berahino with the finish and after a fantastic start for Pompey it's now going in the home side space 
left-footed corner. Hurst heads clear. That's out towards the right-hand corner of the box to Hunt. Hunt forward to Byers. And he's still going. Good trickery. Puts him across. And there's another goal for Sheffield Wednesday. It's Storey with the touch. And Sheffield Wednesday are all of a sudden having a comfortable afternoon. Before half-time, they've gone and scored three to Portsmouth's one. Sheffield Wednesday, three. Pompey one. Sheffield Wednesday down the left. Harness comes back to a right-back position, but he gives it away. And now Johnson has it. Diagonal pass back. Fires safe and Bazunu. Looking for a goal against the club who was on loan at last season. Just drove it down. Aimed for the bottom corner. Came off Bazunu though. Makes the save. And Sheffield Wednesday are going to try again. Harness puts it down. Pulls a form that train. Robertson is to the back of it. Hurst is just in front of him. The cross towards Wagon is tipped onto the bar. And then Hurst is there who puts it wide. And that would have made things interesting. Good save in the end for Peacock Farrell. And there was Hurst and the rebound goes wide. And he can't quite get a second of the game. It's a 3-1 to Sheffield Wednesday. Windass on the near post. It's headed in. Sheffield Wednesday go 4-1 up. And it's Byers who finds the back of the net. And it's in the end, unfortunately, a miserable end for Portsmouth's campaign. The first goal of the second half, the fourth for Sheffield Wednesday today, though. It's Sheffield Wednesday four, Portsmouth one. This time isn't going to win the free kick. And there's the whistle. Portsmouth season comes to an end, unfortunately, in disappointment at Hillsborough. After that miraculous comeback against Wigan, they finished with 73 points. In the end, it would have been pretty close to the playoffs. But Sheffield Wednesday have secured a playoff place. Portsmouth are going to finish ninth in the League One table. Last game of the season for Pompey. It finished Sheffield Wednesday 4, Portsmouth 1. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Let's go through the classified results from Saturday's League One action in full now. Then AFC Wimbledon were defeated 4-3 at home by Accrington Stanley. Bolton beat Fleetwood by four goals to two at home. It finished Burton 1, Wickham 2, Gillingham 0, Rotherham United 2. Ipswich were 4-0 winners at home to Charlton. Lincoln City beat Crewe 2-1 at Sinsel Bank. Morecambe were defeated by a goal to nil at home by Sunderland. Oxford and Doncaster drew level at 1 all. MK Dons claimed a 5-0 victory at Plymouth. Pompey, of course, lost 4-1 at Sheffield Wednesday. And finally, Wigan Athletic won 3-0 at Shrewsbury. So now the final standings after 46 games in League One. Wigan are automatically promoted to the Championship after a 3-0 win at the weekend. They also go up as champions with 92 points. Rotherham takes second with 90 points. And MK Dons, despite thrashing Plymouth, will have to settle for the playoffs. They end the season in third on 89 points. Sheffield Wednesday finish fourth and Sunderland fifth with Wickham in sixth, dumping Plymouth out of the playoffs on the final day of the season. So Argyle finish seventh and confirm their League One status for next season. Oxford finish eighth with Bolton ninth and Pompey 10th, Ipswich 11th and Atkinson Stanley ends 12th to complete the top half. In the bottom half it's Charlton who finished 13th, Cambridge 14th, Cheltenham 15th and Burton Albion in 16th. In 17th we have Lincoln City, 18th is Shrewsbury, Morecambe in 19th and Fleetwood in 20th. While in the bottom four and relegated to League Two this season, we've got Gillingham in 21st, Doncaster Rovers 22nd, AFC Wimbledon in 23rd, and Rock Bottom in 24th is Crew Alexandra. The League One playoff semi finals begin this Thursday with Wickham home to MK Dons, while on Friday, Sunderland hosts Sheffield Wednesday at the Stadium of Light. The second legs of those ties take place on Sunday and Monday, with MK Dons at home to Wickham on Sunday and Sheffield Wednesday at home to Sunderland on Monday. Monday evening. The League One playoff final will be held at Wembley on Saturday the 21st of May. Right then, enough of my voice. It is time now to bring in my two guests for tonight's show, starting with Pompey fan Sam Stone, who also writes for Football Insider and Pompey News. Now, Sam, a very good evening and welcome for the final time this season to the Football Hour. 
Good evening, Jake. Yeah, no, had a great weekend up in Sheffield, just about recovered from it. But yeah, good to have a little chat about the season and, and, and chat about next year as well. Mm. Indeed, it seems to be, Sam, the, probably the best part of a weekend was the actual weekend in Sheffield and, or Doncaster or wherever up north the Pompey fans stayed at the weekend rather than the actual 90 minutes on the pitch. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll agree with you that one. I, was, well, I went up Friday night, had a great time Friday night and then for the first 10 minutes when George Erz got that goal, we think, hang on, we could maybe ruin their day here. But um, yeah, for the first 10 minutes, it was a great, great day out and it just kind of petered out after them. But yeah, regardless, it a great time. Yeah. And alongside Sam today, we've got the man behind the 4 nil written all over it vlog. It is, of course, Mr. Tom Chappell. Tom, great to hear from you, mate. Thanks for coming on. You are more than welcome for the final time. Thanks for having me and echo the thoughts of you both. I thought everything was great apart from the football at the weekend, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Tom. But as Sam mentioned there, George Hurst giving Pompey the lead early in that first half of the game on Saturday. It kind of gave the Blues a little bit of belief that we'd go and ruin Sheffield Wednesday's party. It did, and I think... I've spoken to a lot of Wednesday fans since the final whistle of that game and <laughs> you can imagine the, the sort of things that, that they were thinking, feeling and saying once George Hurst had, had knocked that one in the back of the net and, and, and the fact that it was so early on as well. And I said to I said to my dad afterwards, actually, I actually feel like we peaked very early on in that game and we, we shouldn't have done and, and I think we, we, we peaked as he scored, didn't we? So it, it was kind of one of those. And what what's uncharacteristic? uncharacteristic should I say about Pompey really is the fact that we did capitulate mm. and we haven't been doing that for months and all of a sudden we did on the last day so yeah frustrating great to see Hersey scoring against his former club um, given the amount of stick that they've been giving him for, for what he's been saying during the week or during the last week about Sheffield Wednesday um, and the stick that they gave him at Fratton Park when they came down as well at our place so but that was about the only really good thing that we could take out of the game yeah are you frustrated with the result on Saturday, Sam, given Pompey had nothing to play for? Sheffield Wednesday with, what, 33,500 there at Hillsborough, including 2,500 Pompey fans, of course, but with such a, an incredible atmosphere in such a huge stadium, it, it was a big occasion for the host. They had something to play for. They wanted to get into the top six. They were fired up. Is it a case of Pompey playing really poorly or quite simply just outplayed by the opponent? Um, I feel for you have to kind of consider the, the circumstances and I wouldn't say I was frustrated that we lost. Uh, you have to caveat with the fact you've just mentioned it was a sold out Hillsborough. Also, I must add, that's my favourite stadium I've been to all season. I thought it was an incredible stadium, incredible atmosphere. That yeah. They've got something to, uh, Sheffield Wednesday had something to play for. They knew they were going to be up for it. Pompey have had this in the last few, kind of towards the end of this season, games against teams who are, who are up for it. Morecambe's a good example where you wanted to get a win. Um, uh, Plymouth away, Plymouth up for that game. Sheffield Wednesday wanted to get that win. They wanted to look. They wanted to play of intent, and, and this un, this soft underbelly that we kind of thought had been patched up a little bit from earlier on the season did come out again. Uh, but I do think the circumstances against a very good Wednesday side uh, with Barry Bannon. God, I can't believe he's playing at this level. He, I'm convinced he could play like lower end Premier League. So he he was just too much for us on on that day. But again, it just. You could kind of see it coming, to be honest. It wasn't... I'm not massively disappointed by it. No. George Hurst, of course, giving Pompey the lead and the fourth minute after some great work on the left-hand side uh, by Roden Curtis. Tom, we've already mentioned that goal. Uh, a nice, tidy finish for George Hurst. Really pretty much a tap-in from six yards out, wasn't it? Really um, finishing off the work from Roden Curtis on the left-hand side. But it was a half-time lead of three goals to one for Sheffield Wednesday after oh, goals from uh, Lee Gregory, Sido Berahino and Jordan Storey before George Byers, uh, former uh, Loney at Fratton Park, uh, rounded it off in the 86th minute. The second half was quite a non-affair, um, Tom, in terms of goals. Only the one in the second half for the host. But actually, and we'll hear from Danny Cowley later in tonight's show, and he mentions it as well. But that second half, the, the, the Blues had their chances, and we were certainly competing against a very good side of Mr Vision. At 3-1 down... I thought it could get a little bit interesting. There was that moment that Hursty had, and obviously we're ch shooting towards our, the travelling 2,500 that you've already mentioned, which which always helps in a way, doesn't it? Especially at such an imposing place that Hillsborough is and was and continues to be. 
And then obviously Raggett, we, <laughs> the funny thing is we were all singing if Raggett scores were on the pitch and then he very nearly did as well. So um, that, that was another moment. And then all of a sudden, if if you're back, if one of those nestles in the in the back of the net, it's back at 3-2 and it's all to play for, isn't it? But obviously that wasn't the case. I, I just wanted to, to build on what something that Sam just said, and I agree with him as I, as I so often do. We we were saying that, that Morecambe were up for it and Sheffield Wednesday are up for it, but Wigan weren't and Rotherham weren't and and, and at half time I, I was thinking three one down, you know, we we've been two goals behind in the last week or so against high flies in the league and, and managed to turn it around. So so why couldn't we do it again? But yeah, ultimately it, it wasn't it wasn't to be and and when when the, the when those don't go in, when the Hursty one and the Raggett chance and, and Pompey aren't incisive and, and they aren't clinical with their finishing then you, you just know. And especially when the fourth one goes in and especially when it's Cameron Byers as well, it just kind of pushes every single little particle of air out of the Pompey balloon, doesn't it? And and then, yeah, then, then the game ends at 4-1 and it's not a great loss, but nothing that we didn't see coming, as Sam said. No. Disappointing afternoon uh, for Pompey on Saturday, Sam. Certainly a 4-1 defeat um, is going to indicate that. Do you think Pompey were harshly done by the scoreline? Do you think 4-1 was a, a true reflection on how the 90 minutes went? Or, or do you think it maybe, you know, give them the balance of play, give them, give them both sides chances in the game? Do you think that maybe 4-1 maybe flatters Sheffield Wednesday a little bit? I, I probably would say that a little bit. I think second half, I thought we were the better side for most of it. Um, it's just that first half spell and... The, it wasn't as if Sheffield Wednesday carved us over. But for the first goal, they they did kind of carve us over. But mm. for the other goals, they were very, very sloppy, set pieces. The, the second goal in particular was just what it was just a cat, like a load of errors leading up to it. So I can see why Danny Cowley mentioned he is quite frustrated. He mentioned that you know we haven't we conceded some, some set pieces and we we had a few clear cut chances, but those clear cut chances came when we were we were already four one down in, in the match. So I don't think there could be any complaints about the result. But, yeah, the performance, I just think everything was geared towards a Sheffield Wednesday win. Um, obviously, when George Hurst scored, it did kind of fall, hang on, maybe. But I just think the whole occasion, the whole day, everything was just geared towards them towards them winning. And, and as soon as the first goal went in for them, Pompey just really just let them have it to, to some extent. Yeah. OK, well, let's thank you very much for your time so far. But it is about time we head into our first quick break of the evening. And after which we'll be taking a couple of moments to hear what the Blues head coach Danny Cowley had to say after the full time whistle at Hillsborough on Saturday. I think we have to be realistic as a football club to realise where we're at in comparison to the top teams in this division. I think we need to show that we can be competitive in this division. We have to try to keep this group together and add to it if we want to be a top team. You can text Express and your message to 81400 if you'd like to get your thoughts across to the panel this evening. Otherwise, you can email Pompey at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm, or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. We'll be back with the post-match thoughts of Danny Cowley, as well as more from Sam and Tom, when the Football Hour returns in just a few minutes. This is the Football Hour 93.7... Express FM. Welcome back this evening to the Football Hour here on Express FM. Supported this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Download the app today from either the Apple app or Google Play Store to track and even pay for your next journey. Before I welcome Sam Stone and Tom Chappell back into the discussion, let's hear the final post-match assessment of Danny Cowley of the season, who spoke to Max Watton on the touchline at Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday afternoon. Danny, our season ends in defeat. What's your verdict? Disappointing for us, I thought we were soft against the ball. You know, we've conceded three goals from set pieces. Um, a difficult game. I want to credit Sheffield Wednesday. They're a, they're a top team at this level. They've got some fantastic players, players that are way too good to play in League One. Um, they've got an athleticism, a pace and a power about them. And you've got to look at their bench or, or the eight players that can't even can't even make their match day squad to know the, the, the quality that they have here. Um, and yeah, it was too much for us on the day. It was a perfect start with George Hurst's early goal, but what do you think went wrong after that? Yeah, for the first 25 minutes we played well, had a good place in the game, conceded a, the first goal, we were disappointed, we thought it was a foul in the lead-up on Clark. Um, it wasn't given, we still need to, to do better than we did. Um, and then, yeah, we, uh, we had a difficult period into half-time, we regrouped, we actually came out and played quite well second half with the ball, we've created quite a lot of chances. Um, haven't taken them 
probably say we had four or five clear-cut chances today when you come to Sheffield Wednesday um, in front of a packed-out stadium, then you have to take those chances when they come. We didn't, and, and ultimately we were considered free from set-pieces. And when you, when you do those two things, you don't win football matches. As well as a perfect start, can you take any other positives? Um, no, I think it's always difficult when you concede four goals to take too many positives. Um, like I said, this group have come a long way. I think in 18 games, we've turned 35 points, which is a good, you know, represents a good team. Um, but today, I, I think it was always going to be tough for us coming here in front of a, 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 a full capacity crowd. I want to thank our supporters who have travelled. Unbelievable support from them. But yeah, you know, you look at the teams in, in and around the playoff places today. The, the top six, I think, have all won. And um, yeah, probably for us to win today, we needed to, to keep the lead longer than we did. I think once they scored, they got a real head of steam, a real energy, and a real momentum. And yeah, they're a, they're a good team. And I think we have to be realistic as a football club to, to realise where, where we're at in comparison to the top teams in this division. You alluded to it there, your side have come a long way. How much does that excite you for next season? Yeah, listen, I think we need to show that we can be competitive in this division. We have to try to keep this, this group together and add to it if we want to be a top team. This is the truth. This is where League One is now. League One has come a long way in the last four or five seasons. Um, you know, go back... Go back to 18, 19, 20, 19, 20, 2021 seasons. This division is significantly better. You would have seen that today, and you'll see that when you for anyone that watches the playoff games. So, we as a football club have to try to keep this group together and add to it. Um, and then I think we can we can be competitive. And just finally, you mentioned them briefly there, the supporters. Magnificent support on the road this season. Just a message for them. Yeah, I thought they've been brilliant. I think they've been brilliant. And we have done well at Fratton Park and we haven't picked up enough points at uh, uh, away from Fratton Park. Um, so we have to look at that. We have to look at the resilience and the grit and those qualities that you really need when you're, when you're away from home. Definitely try to add some pace and power on the, on the counter-attack. Um, but if you come away from home and can see three goals like we did today, then you won't win. And I, I don't think that is a representation of this team because we've been very good from set pieces defensively. Um, but it was today and we have to accept that and take responsibility for that. The post-match comments there of Danny Cowley then following uh, Saturday's 4-1 defeat at Sheffield Wednesday. Going to bring Tom and Sam back into the conversation now. Then uh, Tom just heard from Danny there and he mentions the quality of the Sheffield Wednesday squad, even perhaps seven or eight players who can't make it in to the match day 18, let alone the starting 11. And this is something we spoke about on Pompey Live on Saturday following the game when Robbie asked myself what I want to see in this summer transfer window, what I want to see going into next season. And that is really quality on the bench and in the entire squad. Is that something you can get on board with? Do you think Pompey lack a little bit of strength and depth at the moment compared to certainly the teams at the higher end of the division? Absolutely, absolutely, and I, I think what I'd, what I'd add, to, I'd echo it and add to is goal scorers all over the pitch. Uh, you think about the scorers for Sheffield Wednesday. You've had four separate scorers: Gregory, Berahino, Byers, and Story on Saturday. It's been, I know Pompey, have, have, you know, like the likes of Clark Robertson have stepped up in the last couple of weeks and and nodded a few in, um, or nodded one in, as not he, for, for this season, Clark Robertson. And, and sometimes Raggett nods one in, like, rises like a salmon, that kind of thing. But most of the work in terms of goals has been done by probably one of either four of Michael Jacobs, Ronan Curtis, Harness or Hursty this season. So, uh, well, particularly from the turn of January. So I think I'd say, yes, absolutely, strength and depth. I think you look at, Gregory, who a lot of fans, a lot of Sheffield Wednesday fans are talking about as we went in, there's someone to definitely look out for. And, and boy, did we need to. He's missed 10 games this season. He still managed to score 16 and assist five in League One. So you you, you want a, a talisman in front of goal like him. Sam's already mentioned on the Football Hour today, Barry Bannon and mm. how ridiculously talented he is. Um, and yeah, I mean, with, there was a point in the game against Sheffield Wednesday when I, I turned to a mate of mine stood next to me and he doesn't come to a lot of Pompey games he goes all around the country but he said oh what 
why why you're not making any substitutions and i said well there's not really anyone we can bring on because literally as as we were kind of you know we we bought on Aidan O'Brien for Michael Jacobs didn't we and then that was about it and i suppose Mingi in in the 88th minute for Thompson but you you look at that bench and you think on Saturday was there very much that you could turn around and go yeah i'd bring him on straight away if things are going pear shaped Probably not. No. So that's that's where I stand at the minute, Jake. To be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment, Sam, and in particularly, or in particular, with the the players up front for Pompey. Of course, George Hurst has made a great impression at Fratton Park, uh, specifically in the second half of the season. Thirteen league goals, fifteen in all competitions. Uh, Aidan O'Brien, since his short-term contract agreement back in January, he wants to stay at the club. I know Danny Cowley wants to keep him at the club. I'm sure many fans out there want Aidan O'Brien to stay beyond this season as well. Would you also agree that another striker is imperative to, to be signed in the summer? You've got, if we were to keep George Hurst and Aidan O'Brien, another striker still needed. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But I feel like what's more imperative is is keeping George Hurst. I don't know if any of you saw my dad had a sign up at Sheffield Wednesday and he really <laughs> wants him to, he really wants him to stay. Um, but yeah, he uh, for me for me that's the one and. and Pompey have you know there's players rumoured that Pompey have been paying a fair bit of money for it and I'm not going to name names but they haven't even, they haven't even been in the last six match squads um, so the, putting all their efforts into getting George Hurst back for me is, is the most imperative thing uh, for the start of this window because 23 years old he's only played half realistically he's only played half of the season uh, I think it's like 13 14 goals now He's got the pace, power, head and ability. His finishing's getting better. He can really develop into a good player and be a great asset for the club as well. Yeah. So that, for me, is is the key. That's the key area now to, to go in. And it would be a statement as well if they do that. But as you say, in attacking areas in general, Pompey, especially away from home, just don't often look a constant threat, um, which is which needs to be rectified next season. There's some In all attacking areas, not just necessarily in the striking area, yeah. Um, there needs to be a bit more creativity um, up front. Yeah, I know you didn't want to name name Sam, but I, I, I'll happily do it. I think the player you're referring to perhaps is Tyler Walker, um, the, the man who who's whispered ra- uh, wages anyhow could could probably contribute to two or three different players next season. Of course, he spent the second half of his campaign on loan at Pompey from Coventry City, and from what we hear, um, quite a considerable wage bill as well. So, really going into next season, you, you feel that. You know, if, if it is Tyler Walker that you were talking about, certainly someone who can't get into the matchday squad one goal since his arrival on loan. That was a tap-in at Crewe. He hasn't made the impact that perhaps Danny Cowley would have liked him to, but the fans perhaps expected a striker of his of his capabilities to do. If you save that wage bill for next season, that, that you can get two or three decent players out of that. Yeah, or, or just give it all to George Hurst. That's what <laughs> I'd do. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, I, I, yeah, that is the thing. And... and the thing with um, Cowley's loan, the loans he's bought in this season, there's been a few really good ones, obviously, Pizzunu and then Hayden Carter as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've got, you've got to highlight the bad ones as well. I clear, I do think there's a player there's, there's a player in there somewhere in Tyler Walker. Oh, absolutely. He's scored goals yeah. at this level before. He's not he's not useless, clearly. There's a player in there and Cowley believed that. It just hasn't worked out. <laughs> Um, and it's just made a lot worse by the fact we're paying him a lot of money. So. Well, it was the same happened with John Marquis, really, didn't it? It, it, wasn't, it wasn't a flop at Pompey, John Marquis, but certainly wasn't living up to the same expectations that he set at, at Doncaster Rovers. Sometimes it just doesn't happen uh, for, for a player at a particular football club. Pompey seemed to have some sort of curse uh, hanging over players who, who take the number nine shirt, in particular strikers at, at Fratton Park don't really make the same sort of impact they do elsewhere. Michael Smith, probably another great example of that. That there seems to be something wrong, uh, wrong with Pompey and strikers. I can't quite put my finger on it, but yes, yeah, certainly the, the promise Tyler Walker had uh, when his loan deal was agreed back in January was something to look forward to. But unfortunately, not quite worked out. Can't imagine we'll, we'll see him back at Fratton Park next season. But uh, as Sam mentions there, Tom, a couple of other loan players that Pompey fans have fallen in love with, and we're always told not to fall in love with loan players because it ends in heartbreak. Ben Thompson. That name keeps getting brought up. He's out of contract, by the way. Um, Hayden Carter, George Hurst, Gavin Bazunu. Now, Gavin Bazunu's not coming back. George Hurst, we've already spoken about, is a possibility, um, depending on whether you can allocate the wages to George Hurst. Um, but, but Hayden Carter as well, Tom. That would be an incredible coup for Danny Cowley for Portsmouth Football Club if they can secure his signature for next season. Whether it's a loan deal again or whether it's a permanent, he'd be a great signing. 
be um, be another statement, wouldn't it? As Sam's just said, uh, to be honest, Jake, I think you're asking the wrong person. A m- member of the panel works for Football Insider now, so I think we should be firing <laughs> them his way. But yeah, um, uh, Carter would be a result massively. The fact that um, Blackburn haven't quite made it where they want to be this season, I don't know whether that has any balance or any any gear on on where where he will be playing his football next year i know his mum's quite active on twitter as well and she's been either riling up pompey fans hopes or waving away any sort of potential move back here or that kind of thing the word on the street at the minute seems to be that he will be returning to blackburn and then they'll assess what the situation is yeah. as, as the summer kicks on um so yeah that's that's another thing. I just want to go back to something that we said earlier, and and sort mm-hmm. of the where it went wrong, as it were, and and obviously the 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 lack of of squad depth is is an issue, and and obviously Hersey not being able to play as many games, and 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 I stand by what I said at, at the sort of as as Hersey sort of started coming good, is that had he been playing as our optimum and and singular number nine this season, then we would be in a much stronger position, and he probably would have scored a lot of goals. Um, Travelling has been really bad for Pompey. 47 points from home games, which is the fourth best league one against the 12th best away record. So I don't know whether there's any any sort of anything to dig into on that. I wonder if Sam or yourself have got a view on that. It's funny you say that, actually, Tomo. Um, about the home record, obviously, Pompey, it's, uh, it was our last home defeat against Charlton back in January. Uh, nine mm. wins out of 11. I've, I've got a little... Idea. I just think the pitch at Fratton Park has been in superb condition. It's just an idea. It's superb condition all season. And it is so much easier for, for Pompers to get the ball on the floor, play some fast attacking football. When you go to Morecambe, when you go to Fleetwood, when you go to Burton, and, and where was it, Cheltenham the other week, the pitches just tear up. And I don't, I'm not making an excuse. It's just, the pit, it's probably, it's more credit to, to the groundsman at Fratton Park because the pitch is just always, I think it's the best, it is the best pitch in the league. And it, it just is conducive to playing decent football on it and it's probably quite a big shock for the players going to other pitches obviously Sheffield Wednesday was great but I think that was a, a lot of circumstances there but it's just it's just obviously the crowd as well get behind them yeah the hope the away forms just it's really hard to kind of put your finger on do you think we should uh deliberately make the front and part pitch next season terrible just just to <laughs> try to keep it a, le- a level playing field so that we get, get them get we get them used to it yeah getting used to the, the away pitch no I certainly agree with what sam's saying it's 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 possibly a factor wouldn't again wouldn't say it's it, no. it, it's a particular excuse but certainly could be a factor towards that um away from home pompey this season haven't been great home form picked up in the second half of the campaign as you mentioned as well tom still not quite the same sort of home form we enjoyed um sort of between what 2015 2018 notably un, un, under paul cook and kenny jacket but it certainly is improving um danny cowley mentioned in that interview we heard about 10 minutes ago there 35 points from the last 18 games tom including wins over Rotherham and Wigan. Have you seen signs in the second half of the season, particularly over the last couple of weeks? You Forget about Saturday's result. Have you seen signs that heading into next season, we've got the confidence momentum for something to build upon, providing we can keep the kind of core and the nucleus of this team together heading into the summer? Yeah, definitely signs of it. But I, And then you just, I was just about to say, until you tag that on to the end of your question, Jake, I'm terrified that we're all going to get ripped apart and the summer's going to be a... A, an opportunity for another clean slate which is definitely not what needs to happen because every Pompey fan anyone who's been following Pompey over the last couple of months has seen that a group has been building together and I think that's really important and and Danny said it we just heard him say it as you said 10 minutes ago and and I, they were friends of mine were at the the um the season ending dinner at, at, in the victory lounge last night and it, the word on the street was togetherness and we want to remain together as a group and that is so key to to any success um and and yeah and and just just one other thing as well the on the home form thing three of the top four of home i know we're at the end of the season now aren't we so we can really look at kind of a table and say oh yeah that's that's how that's worked out as a whole as a campaign the top four home records in league one are sheffield wednesday sunderland rotherham and pompey those obviously discount the New York Stadium out of that list. Hillsborough Stadium alike, Fratton Park. I'm not just thinking pitches, I'm thinking atmosphere and I'm yeah. thinking the way that a home team can support their players. And there was a little bit of that brought into question when we had a bad spell in the middle of the season where, oh, Fratton Park atmosphere is not like it was before, or that kind of thing. Last couple of months, 
since, as Sam said, we haven't been um, with that. That Char- Charlton game was a really ter- turning point in terms of the end of the transfer window, and we kicked on and performed really well at Fratton Park. That crowd behind us as well was really important. So I think that's worth mentioning. Going into next season, keep the squad together, keep the atmosphere as we know it can be, best in the world, and then and then we'll we'll go from there. Yeah. Uh, well, we've just come up to 20 to 7 now. We've only got well, just over 20 minutes of the show remaining. We have got plenty of text tweets and emails coming into the panel this evening. We haven't had time to get to them yet because, uh, well, Sam and Tom, uh, Sam and Tom just talk forever, don't they? We haven't been able to break them, but no, it's been, it's been fantastic to have them on the show so far. I certainly do appreciate their comments so far. We will get to those comments on the social media channels in the next part of the show. Uh, a reminder of how you can get in touch text for Word Express, followed by your name and message to 814. 400 if you want to get in touch before 7 o'clock. If you can't do that, you can e- also email us at pompey at expressfm.com. Otherwise, there's at expressfm if you're on Twitter and on Facebook. Just search for expressfm pompey live. Uh, just a quick note, but Fulham have just scored their fourth goal at Craven Cottage this evening. They're taking on Luton Town uh, in the Championship. And I'm just going to say why this is quite important because it's currently 4 0 for Fulham. They're already promoted to the Premier League. Um, in the Championship this season, Fulham have scored 103 goals, uh, conceded 39. They've had an incredible campaign, but also having the season of his career is their striker, 27-year-old Alexandra Mitrovic. Um, and as I say that, Fulham has just gone 5-0 up. So Mitrovic is currently on... 42 league goals for the season, which is a record for the championship under its current name. However, Guy Whittingham, former Pompey striker and manager, currently holds the record for most goals in that division, that tier of English football, which currently stands at 42. Well, Fulham have just gone 5-0 up and it's not Mitrovic who's got that. So one more goal for him and he breaks Guy Whittingham's record. But at the moment, He's level with Guy. So we do hope and we do hold our fingers crossed uh, that Guy Whittingham can at least share that record with Alexander Mitrovic. Anyway, back to Pompey. We're just coming up to 20 to 7 now, which means we've got one final ad break to sit through. And before tonight's show reaches its conclusion, we'll hear from more comments from back home as well as Tom and Sam as well. So stay right where you are and don't move a muscle. Join the three of us again here on Express FM for the third and final part of tonight's instalment of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Good evening and welcome along for the final time this evening to the penultimate episode of the Football Hour this season, which is driven to you as ever by our friends over at Stagecoach South. Visit their website now, stagecoachbus.com, for more information on the services they can provide to you. Okay, as promised, let's get to the text tweets and emails for this evening. Then, uh, first of all, Dave Byrne on the emails. Evening, Jake. A 10th place finish felt likely to me from day one this season we simply weren't strong enough on paper or grass as it happened we know the positives four lone players plus Sean Raggett Joe Morrell and Conor Ogilvie however these were largely individual positives we have not been uh, a good team this season occasional good team performances don't count I'm afraid for next season I already have concerns there are two things that I've heard and read firstly that £200,000 is a significant transfer outlay for a player no it's not we shouldn't be kidding ourselves secondly I have read that if we get Carter and Hurst back and add a few more players in key positions we should have a squad capable of challenging for a playoff place is that really the ambition not good enough our club our club should be building and targeting automatic promotion or is next season another where we aim to be near the top and risking finishing in eighth or ninth or facing uh, a seventh season in league one in 12 months time Saturday's 4-1 de- demolition by Sheffield Wednesday should be a big enough red flag for the club to go and find the extra 20% that will be needed on the pitch next season or it will likely be another wasted campaign. Dave Inlis, thank you for your email as always, Dave, for tonight and throughout the season, of course. In regards to the question regarding ambition and where the owners want us to finish in League One next season, I can confirm that um, perhaps that might not be the case. If you listen to the Football Hour on Friday night, I've got that interview with Eric Eisner and Andy Redman. They will be outlining their plans for next season as well. Certainly, the playoffs uh, is not where they want to stop. That's, that's all I can tell you. Graham Wilkins says, Hi, Jake. Hi, all. OK, so a disappointing result for the Blues on Saturday, but Wednesday are a good team and deserve to win the game. I think overall in the season, in one word, it has to be frustrating. Sometimes we played some exhilarating football and on other times this season we've been awful. 
on the whole, we have a nucleus of a decent team and we have some decent signings in the closed season and a keeper as good as, as Bazunu. Who knows about the 2022-23 League One season? One signing we missed out on who would have been uh, the key to a better season was Scott Twine. Yeah, I think we can all agree with that one. Graham, the, the thing that cheered me up on Saturday was Plymouth losing out on the playoffs. Also, my player of the season was Bazunu, but closely followed by Sean Raggett. Thank you very much. Uh, that's enough from the emails tonight on Twitter. Lee Davies, player of the season for me, 100% Bazunu. Disappointing uh, season next season. We need our own players and not loans. Jake, get your boots out for next season. You'll be nowhere near uh, the goal and we'll get us five, uh, 25 goals. See you at goals uh, tonight, uh, my friend. Player Pompey, thank you, Lee, for your tweet this evening. Yep, banging in the goals once again this evening at goals. Uh, Paul in Portsmouth on the text at the end of the season. Only one word to describe it. Poor says Paul in Pompey. James also on Twitter. The real work starts now. Time to start sorting out the contracts of the players we need for next season. Harry Wood on Twitter. A 4-1 defeat away to Sheffield Wednesday. Disappointing way to bow out, bow out this season. Though we had nothing to play for. Hearst opener was good, but we just couldn't build on that great start. We go again next season, and I hope it will be better with a big summer ahead. And a final one of the text before we uh, take a breather, and we'll come back to these later on. Mark, does the panel think Bass will be the keeper for next season? I'm going to open that up to, uh, first of all, Sam Stone. Now, the question, of course, who will be Pompey's man between the sticks next season? Gavin Bazunu will be going back to Manchester City after his loan deal has now expired. We can't imagine he'll be back next season. There are already links of him going to Sheffield United and the Championship. Um, but in regards to Pompey's keeper, Alex Bass, of course, will return from his loan from Bradford City. And, of course, there's Ollie Webber as well, who's been a feature on the bench throughout the second half of the season. Sam... Is Alex Bass capable, in your opinion, to be Pompey's number one? I think he is 100%. And I had this conversation quite a bit with um, some of our friends we go to the games with. Bazuna's been amazing and he's been probably the best best loan player, best keeper I've seen in the Pompey shirt for a very, very long time. But you have to consider when Alex Bass came into the team for a, few, for a couple of games this season, he didn't put a foot wrong. And he's a great shot stopper. I don't Everyone says, oh, without Bazuni, we would have been plunged into the kind of lower half of the table. I, I don't buy that argument. bazuni has been great, and, and, and there's no denying his talent, and he's going to go to the very top. But Alex Bass isn't, it's not like he's, he can't, he's not a good goalkeeper. Yeah. He, would have, he would have saved most of the stuff, most of this, uh, the shots that came at him as well. It's probably just the odd point here or there in, when you actually look at it, because I think Alex Bass has got all, all the attributes to be a really good goalkeeper. Also, as well, he's come for the academy, which is a bonus for the club. So, for me now, it's, it's got to be Alex Bass's time. And unless there's a keeper that they go, they really believe in that they, they want to go and get. But it'd be handy. It would be handy to just give it to Alex Bass because it, it saves some money elsewhere to be utilised. Tom, do you agree with that one? Yeah, massively. Um, I, my only concern is that he's he's had a decent season with Bradford, hasn't he? So I, I don't I don't know whether they'll be wanting to keep hold of him or that Bradford have got some kind of goalkeeper structure or whatever. Um, but as Sam said, yeah, Bazunu's been player of the season, like no doubt about it. Um, yeah, and I, I think people sometimes you can be quite close-minded, and, and Sam's just mentioned it, but you sort of see Bazunu pull off a worldy save. You think, oh my word, we'd we'd be literally would would don't know where we'd be. We'd be in the car on the way home or whatever if if Bazuno hadn't been there at Hillsborough, for example. But it, Craig Gilvery was putting off saves like that. And did we really notice when Alex Bass had to stand in for Bazuno on international duty when he was standing in for him at Fratton Park and away from home? No, I don't think we did. No. So yeah, I think Alex Bass is a perfect fit and also so it's more money to spend on George Hurst. So there we go. It's a bit of a theme running tonight, isn't it? <laughs> George Hurst, sign him up. Um, yeah. I, 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 yeah, totally agree. Um, again, another question asked myself on Pompey Live on Saturday uh, from, from Robbie was, do you allocate the funds to, to a new goalkeeper to, to get someone in as capable as, as Gavin Bazunu? Well, the answer to, to replacing Gavin Bazunu is that you're not going to get a keeper of his quality back in League One anytime soon. Bailey Peacock-Farrell off Sheffield Wednesday is probably um, on par with the quality of Gavin Bazunu. Of, of course, Bailey Peacock-Farrell's got a number of years on Gavin Bazunu, but in terms of getting a, qual a quality keeper of that standard, it's going to be highly unlikely. So... I certainly would be more than happy with Alex Bass as number one next season. Given 
the little game time that Alex has had over the past seven years since he signed his first pro deal at Fratton Park. He's had loan spells elsewhere. There's got to be a time where you just think, when is his time at Fratton Park? When will he be our future? Because we were always told Alex Bass is our future. So is the future now for Alex Bass? Hopefully it is. Hopefully we can see one of Pompey's homegrown players in between the sticks as the Blues' number one next season. Certainly do agree uh, with both Sam and Tom that he is capable enough of being that um, speaking of players for the future and uh, academy um, prospects, and Pompey have just announced two minutes ago that uh, they have handed third-year scholarship deals to both Dan Gifford and Alfie Bridgman. Sam, something of a theme we, we also um, have endured over the last couple of seasons. Unfortunately, um, due to the current structure of the academies, we, we've been losing out on some of our homegrown talents but have gone elsewhere. Alfie Stanley last season was a particularly big blow now, with the news of both Dan Gifford and Alfie Bridgman, um, who have both had really decent seasons on their respective loan deals elsewhere in the non-league um, structure this season, is that something that pleases you heading into next season, the next couple of seasons, but we are starting to tie these youngsters down? Yeah, I, obviously we've had this before with, with, with youngsters being given contracts and the, the issue is it's very we haven't seen many of them break into the first team in recent years, um, especially under this ownership. It's been a it's been a little bit stagnant on the academy front with the players coming through. There's obviously there's no kind of under twenty three team that, that 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 they could really use as a stepping stone, which is obviously I think Greg Miller's doing a report at the moment about the academy and so it'll be interesting to see what he thinks needs to change. Again, the, the, the obviously Harrod Jewett White as well getting his first professional deal it, it's all good things and we haven't been seeing a lot of it too much over recent years but for me personally I'm not going to start getting too excited about the academy until yeah. um, until I see some of these players breaking into the, the first team yeah. Fair enough uh, just a quick reminder as well that happened towards Louisville uh, they've now got one game remaining in the National League South 39 games played they currently sit 7th which is the final remaining playoff position in the National League South they're on 57 points and chasing behind them the only other side that can now overtake them in that final place is Chippenham Town they're on 56 points so one point behind the Hawks uh, the Hawks drew 0-0 away at Hemel Hempstead uh, this afternoon in today's Bank Holiday Monday fixture so that one game remaining remaining for Haven to Waterlooville is on Saturday at Wesley Park against Chippenham Town. So a huge game at Wesley Park, 3pm on Saturday. Paul Doswell's side will only need a point against Chippenham to confirm their place in this season's playoffs in the National League South. But a win, of course, would also put them in the playoffs. But a win for Chippenham would see them overtake the Hawks and the Hawks will be in the National League South for one season longer. So a huge game at Wesley Park on Saturday. If you fancy heading down to it, Pompey, of course, not in action anymore. Not for another 90-odd days until the next season starts. OK, just a quick word on the promoted teams. We've already mentioned Wigan, Rotherham are up. The playoffs consist of MK Dons, Sheffield Wednesday, Sunderland and Wickham Wanderers. The relegated teams, Crewe, Doncaster, Wimbledon and Gillingham. So all the promoted sides from last season remain in League One for a further year. So, so, so fantastic to see uh, none of the promoted sides from last season uh, have been relegated down back to League Two. Um, Tom, really quickly, do you want to get your thoughts as well on some news breaking from the weekend? That is, but Michael Appleton, former Pompey boss, has now left his position at Lincoln City after what has been uh, quite an underwhelming season for the Imps at Sinsel Bank. But what's your reaction following that news? Michael Appleton leaving Lincoln, he seemed to be a, a decent fit. Um, in their replacement uh, for the Cowley brothers a couple of years ago but he now leaves what, what, what's the future life for, for Michael Appleton well with, uh, I want to get my seasons right here so not this season just gone but the season before Lincoln had a really really good season with Appleton didn't they and I, I know a Lincoln fan quite well and I've been speaking to him about this news over the last sort of as it's been breaking and now that Lincoln's season's over and, and whatever he's he's not going to be their manager next year and and he was actually quite upset and and quite disappointed with the club's decision there so yeah I, I, obviously we had one of our best days of Michael Appleton at, at St Mary's and the two will draw and David Norris day and all that kind of thing um so yeah gut, gutted to see them um not moving forward with Appleton because I think he's a really good manager and he, he he could have had a really good season next year with them yeah. Anyway, en enough of that. We're going to come on to a few more things before we do leave you in just around uh, five minutes' time uh, or so. Just to really quickly uh, quickly answer this question, Sam, we'll go to you first. Your player of the season, it it's obviously b between probably Raggett and Bazunu, but who are you going for? 
Well, yeah, for, for me, it's Gavin Bazuna. And I mentioned earlier that I have seen a, a lone player of his age just look so accomplished. And, and it's, his, it's his mindset. And, and yeah, it's just been an absolute pleasure watching him this season. And when he when he was waving goodbye on, on Saturday, well, it was a little bit emotional <laughs> for, for me. I just... I'm gutted we're not going to see him in a proper yeah. shirt anymore. Um, but yeah, it's got it's got to be Gavin Bazunu. Um, but again, Sean Maggot's had a phenomenal season as well. And I, also, as well, I'm going to throw Connor Ogilvy in there as well. He's been a, yeah. a really steady player for us over the whole campaign. And just really quickly as well, Sam, goal of the season. Goal of the season. Oh God, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, we'll go for uh, Jacob's free kick the other week. Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay, uh, Tom. Really quickly as well, we haven't got much longer to, to talk about it. Your player of the season. That's fine. I'm going to agree with Sam Bazunu. So yep. That's a quick one. There you go. Absolutely. Goal of the season. Um, uh, split between Hayden Carter yeah. at home or Louis Thompson at Shrewsbury. I'll go Louis Thompson at Shrewsbury okay. just because we were right behind it and <laughs> our view was unbelievable and it was a winning goal in the last couple of minutes. Yeah. yeah. So Louis Thompson. So you've gone for Louis Thompson at Shrewsbury. Sam's gone for Michael Jacobs for free kick the other week. I'm going for Hayden Carter that goal against Oxford. Yeah, actually, I thought that was... I'm going to change my Jacobs. No, nope, can't change it. No, nope, turning it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. I don't know what a strike that was from Hayden Carter. Okay, well, unfortunately, lads, uh, that is all we've got time for tonight. Um, Tom Chapel, thank you ever so much for joining us on the show this evening. Thank you for your contribution throughout the entire season as well. And hopefully, we'll hear from you next season. See you next year, mate. Thanks for having me. Have a good one, mate. And same also goes to Sam Stone this evening. Sam, pleasure to have you on as always, mate. Have a great summer. Um, enjoy it before we uh, come back to come back to the football season next season. Hopefully, it'll be a promotion campaign we can talk about. Yeah, cheers, Jay. Yeah, definitely need a break from um, from foreign Pompey for a bit. He's, he's, he's taken it out of me the last few weeks. <laughs> Lads, thank you both ever so much for joining us on the show uh, this evening and, of course, throughout the entire campaign as well. OK, some key dates to remind you of. The season, next season, starts on 30th of July. So that's a Saturday, a week earlier than at normal. The summer transfer window closes on the 1st of September at 11pm. Pompey return for pre-season training on Monday the 20th of June. And fixture release date is on Thursday the 23rd of June. So, uh, just a quick reminder now as well of how you can win uh, the latest competition won by Express FM. Express FM are teamed up once again with our friends at View Portsmouth and Portsmouth Guildhall to offer one lucky listener the chance to win two VIP tickets to see Marvel Studios Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness at the View Cinema in Gumbolf Keys when it opens on Thursday the 5th of May and also two weekend tickets to see Portsmouth Comic Con at Portsmouth Guildhall on Saturday the 7th and Sunday the 8th of May these are the hottest tickets in town and for the chance to win head to expressfm.com forward slash win well that is I'm afraid the end of this evening's show I'm going to turn that down that's quite loud isn't it but thank you ever so much for Tom and Sam for getting in touch with the, com- uh, with the show this evening thank you to all of my guests throughout the entire campaign for their contributions to the Footblower this season just one show remains of this season here on the Footblower before we head into the summer break that is on Friday between 6 and 7 we'll have some special guests we'll hear the extended highlights of Pompey's 2021-22 campaign and of course we'll have that big interview with Eric Eisner and Andy Redman from last week okay let's take a look at what's coming up here on Express FM tonight and tomorrow as well Jeff and Ada back with the Soft Rock Show after the news at 7 join them for the 5th Rock of Ages special there'll be music and events over the last 7 years including Chuck Berry Cream 3 and Led Zeppelin as well Vanity Show returns with Kevin Stokes between eleven, uh, between 9 and 11 this evening. Sorry, rewinding you to the 80s with plenty of tunes that you've not heard in quite a long time. And tomorrow from 6.30 through until 10 o'clock, it is the first Express Breakfast with your new host, Ian James. Join Ian from 6.30 with all of the latest travel, weather, sport and news updates. He's got the lot between 6.30 and 10 o'clock. Thank you ever so much for everyone who joined us on the Football Hour tonight. Thank you to all of my guests. Thank you for getting in touch with the show as well. Have a great week, Pompey fans. I'll see you on Friday. You don't want to miss it. Take care and good night.